You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we move on to our latest recap episode of Nip Tuck, one of the uh, most outstanding television shows uh, we are into the sixth episode of season three, off the back of a bit of a divisive episode. We're into a bit more Nip Tuck centric here. It's called Frank and Laura. Uh, first aired on the twenty fifth of October two thousand and five. Uh, this one was uh, written by Hank Chilton and directed by Michael M. Robin. Uh, I prefer Michael M. Batman, but um, that's just me. Uh, my name is Ben, and. Nick, I've got something I want to tell you. I admire you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my name's Nick, and I haven't struck out like this since there was a rumour I had genital warts. I was going to go with that one, but I kind of assumed you might want that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, as we were saying a little bit off here, this, um, the last episode didn't have a lot of memorable quotes that we were kind of coming up with, and this one is a little bit the same. There's like two gr- great ones, which I think we've probably just used, <laughs> and kind of now nothing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eyes open as we watch this episode because, um, yeah, I need to find one for the end. So, if you you hear me scrabbling at the end, it's because I haven't found one. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is an interesting, interesting episode because, you know, I mean, we kind of had that last one, but this is, again, just season six. We're just all over the shop in terms of the quality of these episodes. Um, and I th- kind of think this is like one where, you know, for the most part, season one, season two, our ratings are pretty much set. We're going to have similar opinions. And even sort of if one of us buys it and rents it, I think one of us is kind of going to be, you know, a high rent or a low buy or sort of similar around the same page. But, you know, I think these are these season three in particular really are, are moments where it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, and I think it's probably as we end it said at the end of season two with Nip Tuck, it's kind of you're never going to get the same spread of great episodes as you do from seasons one and two. You're really going to be all over the shop um, for a lot of these seasons. But this is an interesting one, um, a very interesting episode. You've got some taboo stuff here, but I mean, you know, I think this is it's. It's setting up things, it's going in directions, um, you know, uh, but plenty to talk about. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. I, I, what kind of screams out to me about this this episode is that I think probably season three is that these guys went to, you, you know, um, FX or whoever it is that, that does this. I should know this, eh? who actually FX. produces this. Um, yeah, it is FX. Okay, I feel all right now that I didn't know that. Um, but I think they went, oh, we've got this great storyline about the Carver. You know, we, we can tell it in 13 episodes. And, and, you know, they were kind of told, oh, that's great, but we want 16 episodes. And this kind of feels like it's almost tangential. You know, like it's there's a lot of stuff that kind of just doesn't really go anywhere in this episode. And so your mileage probably varies on how much you enjoy this as a standalone episode because I don't think it's a building block towards anything bigger. Um, apart from the kind of Julia storyline, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that that's true for a lot of TV shows. You know, these ones that kind of get you know, a 16-episode um, green light and then, you know, the first few episodes are good, so they get turned into 22 episodes. It, it quite often happens with these TV shows, and I'm sure Nip Tuck was the same as that. You know, there's probably a couple of filler episodes that they just had to put something in there. And, um, you know, as as time goes on, you, you know, it's probably not all that important to the overall story arc. I, I don't know. That's that's just my take on it, I guess. I think we get, I mean, a, a few bits in this episode, which kind of like, I mean, we get a bit towards the end with Sean, which kind of sets him off in his couple of episodes we're about to see of Sean off in the FBI, which, yep, that's a thing. Um, And, you know, things like that. And, yeah, but, I mean, kind of, there are just... 
This is kind of now really, as I keep going over with season three, it's just higgledy-piggledy in terms of the quality and the stuff we're getting. There's just some storylines that are just really like, what? But then there's just, it's kind of balanced in episodes where it's like, they're not a binnable episode because you've got one really good storyline mixed with a really like, what the hell storyline. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's interesting when it comes to that. Um, I'll just say here, I mean, FX is a network. Warner Brothers, they distribute this. But I've just realized, uh, and I think I did read about this at one point, um, there is actually a, I think it's Spanish, um, Spain produced their own version of Nip Tuck, um, called Mentiras Perfectas, um, that ran for 58 episodes, uh, created by Caracol Television in co-production with Warner Brothers. The series is based on the American drama Nip Tuck. Uh, and stars Carolina Gomez, Emmanuel Esperazzo, and Michael Brown. Uh, so I want to track this down. I want to track down Spanish Nip Tuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Uh, I know there was an Indian 24, uh, which I, they played on SBS here in Australia for a limited time, and I saw a bit of that, and that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of need to find this. Spanish Nip Tuck. There you go. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> not here talking about that yet. Uh, Frank and Laura. Uh, so we don't get a we don't get a previously. We're straight into the episode here. Um, straight into the morgue. We have an armless body. Um, well, one arm's gone at least. And basically, uh, Christian and Sean are like, "Oh, what what is this? A shark attack?" And they're like, "Oh no, it's uh, I don't even know what type of cancer it was. It's some form of cancer." Um, and we find out this sort of disturbing story about how, um, this, this mort, mort, mortician, mort, mortuary assistant, I don't know what you call him, um, Glenn Eastley, Eastley, uh, mortuaries or whatever it's called, um, they had a, a, a body's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a, not a victim, a, um, a client? What would you call a dead body at a mortuary? I don't know. A client. Uh, their husband wanted the wedding ring back because they forgot to get it. And this is where they've found sort of a string of evidence that a lot of these bodies that they assumed had been cremated hadn't and they've been missing limbs. And then they found a, a room where basically all these limbs have been put together on a body to form this sort of, you know, morphed creature of bodies and a head which they have no idea where the head's from. Um, so basically Sean and Christian, cause they're struggling based on all the, uh, the bad press they got from, uh, Christian being falsely accused as a carver. Uh, they kind of need the work, although Sean automatically, uh, denies this, but we're going to get back to this. Um, and yeah, they don't know where the head comes from. They've been talking to their guy who works for them as Silas Prine. Uh, he won't inform them where the head comes from. They can't find the body. Um, and I love this, like, sleazy sort of mortuary assistant guy, Glenn Easley, how he's like, oh, we've paid a settlement to all the people's bodies. Oh, and we can pay you handsomely. How rich is this guy? Like, I didn't realize, like, you know, mort- morticians made this amount of money. They could just pay off people with millions of dollars. Uh, but it's just, like, straight away, straight into this episode, it's just... This is classic Nip Tuck and the fact that... Who thinks of this? How does Ryan Murphy sit around a table? Uh, we should just give all the credit to Ryan Murphy. I mean, this episode, as we said, is written by Hank Chilton. So, uh, you know, they're sitting around kind of like the writer's table coming up with story ideas. And somebody's like, what if we had a story where somebody got all the body parts and made like a fake person? Which, again, you think that's creepy enough. Wait till we find out more about this person. So, yeah, it's kind of thrown us straight into this situation. Yeah, it's, it's 
kind of a weird one. I mean, the whole thing I always remember is that they that they would claim that everything in here is based on a real life situation, and, and this is one of those ones where, like, even though it's so strange, I can totally believe that this was yeah. real life. Um, yeah, because there's some sickos out there. But um, I mean, do you buy the the premise that these guys have no business because of the the Christian situation? Because to me, I would have thought, you know, we saw the news clip where Christians been arrested and blah 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 blah. But the one we didn't see was presumably the one that happened the next night, which was the car was struck again. So it's obviously not, um, you know, Christian. Um, so, you know. Completely believe it. Absolutely. I know how it works with the media. I know that people's perception of stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, let's date this episode in terms of right now. If all the people who are accusing Kevin Spacey of doing what he did came out and said, we made it all up. You know, it was all a lie. People are still going to have that label on Kevin Spacey no matter what. It's like Michael Jackson. Like, you know, he got found innocent twice but people still called him a you know what they did i mean that's maybe a bit of a stretch in terms of the situations involved there but i mean it's you know oj simpson he was acquitted he was found not guilty but you know people still call him a murderer so you know i mean again i'm stretching the the line here but to me this is something that always sticks um you know people will have that perception people will only see one news report and not see the second one so yeah it is a reputation so they'll they'll kind of be that way and like you think about it like if you have your like if your doctor or somebody like that you find on tv gets accused and it's all in the media and all of a sudden they're found not guilty sure okay fair enough if you trust them enough you're straight away i'm like okay well that was fair enough haha you're not guilty what a shame like there's still definitely going to be people out there who are going to question it aren't they so yeah I, i definitely believe it but, I mean, wouldn't you also have the same thing of, you know, the cops screwed up? Like, that would be, to me, I think that would be just as big a news story these days as that, oh, the cops arrested the wrong person and they had, you know, they had to release them and, you know, because they're, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, that they're incompetent, blah, 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 blah. So I think that that's part of it as well. You know, like, I, I just don't truly believe that this would be such a big, like, he's not a celebrity. Like, he is just a doctor at the end of the day. And I think, you know, maybe for the first month or so, but then I'm pretty sure, you know, these guys have got a good reputation as doctors that, you know, you would have the likes of, um, you know, the AMA would jump in and support him. And, you know, like, I just don't think long term that this would, would be a big issue. So I guess it's just where are we in the timeline more than anything else. But to me, I think we're, we're at least stretching credibility. Which I think, though, long term, it does, spoiler alert, resolve itself. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. It, it doesn't. This isn't a permanent thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of mid season. Let's create a bit of drama here for these characters and a bit of, you know, stuff that's got to happen. So, um, yeah, moving forward, spoiler alert, it doesn't change them overall. Um, but yeah, I, I see your point. I think kind of it's, it's an interesting thing, but you know, while sort of it's all there out there in the media and everything along those lines and no doubt in Miami, this is going to be a huge story. Uh, so, you know, because um, we always know where we are still, because it's such a possible, uh, such an important part of where we are in this uh, universe, isn't it, Miami? Um, just quickly, a note on the credits: uh, we have our first Jessalyn Gilsig uh, appearance as a, an official cast member of Nip Tuck. So um, don't get used to her; she's only on it for this season. It's not like she comes; she does come back after this season. She's not only on it, never appears again. She's not a certain uh, psychologist, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking about. But speaking of which, here's Gina. She's back after the credits. Uh, get this, no, actually, no, sorry, I've jumped ahead, haven't we? Sorry, we, we first get the surgery scene uh, where we've got Mrs. Hugengarter or something like that. German woman, Basset Hound. Oh, yes, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and I call her Basset Hound because that's what um, 
Christian says. <laughs> I'm not just being horrible there. Um, but um, I do kind of like this there when Lizzie's like, count backwards from ten. And she's like, huh? It's like, eins, thy. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I'll forget it. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, this is we need to, you know, stop getting these uh, European tourists coming in. And this is like, oh, it doesn't matter what language. We understand what neck lift is or whatever it is or a liposuction or whatever it is. Uh, but this is where we find out this is the last job on the books. Um, so this is kind of where we find out that Sean, they didn't take the job at the mortuary. Uh, and then we kind of get, you know, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. We get that sort of little glance by Liz, obviously, you know, all oh, this is not good. This is then when we get Christian and Gina, um, you know, casually having coffee, walking through this park and, um, you know, Gina's taking community college classes to be a real estate agent. Uh, can I just point a special note out here? She looks hot here. She's definitely looking good. Um, <laughs> Jessalyn Gilsey here. Um, but uh, <laughs> we kind of, you know, we're like, oh, this is nice, Christian and Gina. What's going on here? I don't like this. Um, but it doesn't take long before it turns into classic Christian and Gina yelling at each other. He obviously is struggling for cash, so he can't afford to pay for her rent and uh, utilities and medicine. So, like, he's paying for everything here, as we obviously said, saw he said he would back when she was diagnosed with uh, HIV. Uh, but then, like, he, she was going to ask for a loan and <laughs> a little rant. You asshole, you worth a sack of shit. And, like, everybody around is just, like, staring at them. Um, but then, you know, good Chris- good Christian moment here and he's like, you know, oh, it wasn't alimony, you ungrateful bitch. Like, you just love the way Christian kind of retorts here with this. Um, but, yeah, it's... And then sort of we get Gina storming off. It's like, oh, I hope you come to me when you're bankrupt and need a job. And storms off. So this is kind of our first inkling that Gina wants a loan. So this is kind of Gina's introduction into this at the moment as like a, a permanent character at this point, uh, which I like it. I like kind of them using Gina, for, you know, more than just a device for Christian to come into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's we always love a good Christian and Gina scene. Well, I think uh, what I really like about this is you, you kind of get that whole thing of a, a reminder of, of just what a bitch she is. You know, like yeah. she... It starts off all nice, but you know it, she's got a, a a short fuse, and you know just it doesn't take much to kind of spin her around the other way when she's not getting what she wants. Um, and you know, and that's the beauty of this, you know, is that these two um, they play off each other really well. Um, it, it, you know, it's a Julian McMahon thing; anybody can kind of play off him really well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I do really like it that you know it, it's all going well until she doesn't get what she wants, and all of a sudden it's like bang. Um, you know, you're an asshole type of thing, which which is cool. I like that. Oh, we get a great scene with her later on in this episode. Um, Sean, oh, we get a lot of great scenes of her this episode, I should say. But Sean now is in a nursing home. They're struggling for business, and he's trying to sell plastic surgeon to old people. Um, and I just kind of like this scene when he's like, "Has anyone here ever had plastic surgery?" And the woman's like, "I had a hip replaced," and he's just kind of like, "Oh, well, that's more orthopedic." And just the look on this woman's face, as if to say, like. Huh? What? There's a difference? Just like the way she looks. Um, and then we've got a guy peeing himself, which is, yep, cool. Um, you just feel for Sean here, just, you know, stretching such a thin bow here. And it comes to like, oh, you know, then if you get the second one, it'll be half price. Um, and, you know, Mrs. Ogilvy, who we're going to meet in this episode. Um, so, you know, just random scene there. But then we get... Um, Gina showing up to Julia's house. Oh, here we go. Here's a budding relationship that we've never seen before, but get used to it because this is kind of where it's going. 
Um, but I kind of like, you know, manipulative Gina here. She's just trying to suck up to obviously get a loan. She really wants his loan. So we, we sort of, this is kind of the first episode, is it not, where we kind of find out that the divorce has gone through. They've got a settlement on the house. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we kind of find out little things here and there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like Gina and Julia. It's a random pairing and we'll get to see them together a lot more this season now. But, um, you know, I, I just kind of like the way she's there going like, oh, have you thought about what you could do to invest that money? And just kind of the looks on her face. Like, props to Jessalyn Gilsey here. Just her facial expressions and the way she handles these scenes is so good. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, one of my things is how many times do you think that, that these two have interacted? Like, How many times on the show have they interacted, do you think? Is, uh, is it two or three? Oh, it's a couple because we did obviously see a little bit when they were, you know, going over baby stuff, didn't we, in the first season. Yep. So there's been a there's yep. been a couple of times. Yeah, so presumably there hasn't been a lot of reason for them to interact off camera if we're to believe that. So these two have maybe met in real life maybe six times. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, she's coming around and, and wants to invest money with her. I mean, it, it just it, it stretches, you know, all credibility beyond anything that these two would would go into business together. Um, you know, it just, it just doesn't seem likely. Yeah, they might have a cup of coffee. But the, the reality that Julia is going to hand over all her money to this person for an investment, just, it just seems so unlikely that this would actually happen. And I know this isn't a show that, that's all that worried about um believability at times but i do really think that we are stretching it way beyond what we should be accepting in this scene yeah i mean i see that but i also like the fact that kind of what it leads to the fact that it kind of gets julia off the couch and all of a sudden gives her something to do than just not doing anything because we obviously you know get a few little bits here about and we mentioned a couple episodes ago about oh remember when julia went back to medical school and jude yeah that's forgotten about so it's kind of like it's like let's bring her back into the fray but this is generally i think the julia trope is that julia will always have something to do but it just gets forgotten about you know i mean we literally get to a point in this show in a few seasons time when julia's like in it like she's still credited as a main cast member but she's not in the show for like she's the new matt she's just like there the new annie really i think we get annie more so than we get um uh, julia for a large portion of nip tuck towards the final couple of seasons but um yeah, they really don't know what to do with her a lot of the time. So now it's kind of like, oh, you know, let's have this storyline where she'll become sort of a, a spa recovery owner, which, again, I like what they do here, but I guess kind of, yeah, it's a bit random. Uh, but, you know, it's, in a way I can kind of see it because it does sort of make a, in a little bit of sense that maybe she is looking for a way to invest this money. So, And she, as she kind of says, like, you know, oh, when Matt was recovering, I thought, well, wouldn't it be good to have this kind of thing? So it's kind of fallen in her lap in some aspect, which, you know, life it happens sometimes i guess with these sort of situations but yeah i guess what you i get what you're saying though like with gina and julia you know it's kind of a random pairing um but yeah. i think they work <laughs> off each other well though i think kind of like we, how often do we get to see julia and kimber if you know what i mean like it's kind of just that would be me even more random than gina and julia yeah i suppose so um I, i'll reserve judgment and i might i might pull you up on the how well they work together in a scene that comes up a little bit later on but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there when we get there okay um we get uh yeah this is your line with the i haven't struck out uh, <laughs> since there was a rumor i had genital warts they're obviously calling up old patients to um try and uh 
get some business and Christian calling up somebody who's going to Dr. Jordan. We're learning a lot about these other doctors in Miami. Um, so we we learn about the savings. There's no savings left. Sean won't touch Matt and Annie's uh, college fund. It doesn't really matter about Annie's. She's not there. Um, so you can touch it all you want there, Sean. Uh, Liz essentially quits. Um, she'll be available for some surgeries, but she's there to clear the salary because we find out that Sean and Christian have been sort of paying them through their own money. Um, and I do like, this is a nice little scene though, like when they're kind of saying goodbye and the way she says to Christian, how about one more insult for all time's sake? And she, and he's just like, oh, I'll call you when I come up with one. Oh, sweet. Come on. This is a sweet yeah. little scene. Yeah, no, it is good. Um, and you know, I, I, it's kind of that thing of, um, you know, with Liz, you do kind of get annoyed that she's always this kind of moral, you know, every, everything's the, the right thing to do and the moral thing to do. And sometimes she annoys you, but in scenes like this, I suppose it, it's really nice because, you know, at least she's a consistent character. You always get her doing the right thing all the time. So if you're looking for a consistent character that gives you the same thing all the time, regardless of the situation, then, then Liz is your girl. Yeah. And we obviously hear that Sean said he's called up uh, the mortician. They're going to do the uh, the job there with the the... the Frankenstein creature, which we never actually hear directly referred to as Frank and Laura. So I kind of like how we're talking an episode ago about how, you know, yeah, we just have to have Granville yeah. Trap just tapped on because we need a patient's name. But here we are an episode later, they've just created up Frank and Laura. Um, so, you know, never quite directly quoted. Uh, this is where we see Gina with uh, Julia. The Hotel Delamere was the uh, most exclusive spa in Miami in the 1920s. Uh, and I just kind of like uh, Julia here. Is that urine? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't touch anything if I was you. <laughs> Just like that. And then politically incorrect Gina. Yeah, it was a boarding house for retards at one point. Now, I don't know if that's... <laughs> I think that's probably just the Gina character. I don't think that's the time. Because I still think in 2005 the word retard isn't politically correct anymore. So I kind of think that's more a case of Gina, would you not say, rather than this just being a sign of the times. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's um, classic Gina. Um, she's she's good at that stuff. Yeah. Um, so this is probably that the scene that I was talking about, you know, a few minutes ago of it, it, it just stretches credibility again. Is that basically you've got, um, you know, Gina has brought her to this place, and you know, this is something about you know, oh, what somebody could do with this, you know, like this kind of thing of like we're supposed to believe here that Julia hasn't realised that she's been dragged here by Gina. Um, you know, as a, to make this an investment, you know, and there's this kind of shocked expression on Julia's face at one point when, you know, Gina suggests that they go into business together. And it's just like the acting here is not good. This is this is not um, the best work by Julia in this one, I don't think. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean, I, I kind of just like that scene there where Gina's like talking about, oh, you know, and I can get the, the person, I just need a 5% down deposit. And the way she just quickly turns to, uh, to Julia, so how about it? Hmm? $40,000? <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. just kind of the way she just drops it on her. I'm like, yeah, I, I would agree that kind of like, as much as I like kind of where this goes, it is kind of very quick for Julia to just be like, oh, okay, you've got some balls. Well, how about instead of flipping it, we do this? Like, it's just kind of how she quickly gets into it, if you know what I mean. And then how quickly Gina gets turned around on it. So, um, yeah, I mean... I've got to say that this is maybe something they could have stretched over a couple more episodes because it, it's quick. It's like there, and there it is. They're yeah. going to go through with it. They're showing off a presentation. Before you know it, they're off giving blowies in a portaloo. So, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like, it's very quickly done. Um, and it's kind of like, I mean, it, le- it leads into this scene. I just, 
I don't know, there's something weird about this scene where you've got Julia and Gina being all, like, business savvy. Like, they've got this lovely little model, which, again, maybe this just all, again, comes down to the timeline of Nip Tuck. We're, we're clearly noticing that this is a bit of an issue with this show, that they just don't seem to notice that time is a thing. Because we go from one scene to this next bit. They've constructed a model, they've come up with all these business plans, fiscal year projections, and all this sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind Kind of like the way it is. I have to say, I love Quinton's like look on his face. How he's so into this. Quinton's like, yeah, like Quinton's loving this. Um, and then kind of they're all like all serious. To which you know, Christian, typical Christian, ruins the moment. It's like, oh, so what you're just there? You know, I don't see what you're here for, Gina. Are you just there to give happy endings to the massage clients? Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of you know Sean, you know, being logical about things. And then he kind of you know he's sort of right when he says, well, you've dropped out of medical school twice. Uh, and then to which, you know, I guess Julia's technically right, well, yeah, to support your children, to support your dreams. Um, you know, I love kind of Quinton here. He's like, oh, I'm for it. And then Christian's like, you don't get a vote. <laughs> and then, like, Julia and that just basically like, well, this is happening with or without you. You know, they're basically trying to come up with a contract, you know, our, uh, you send your patients here to recover and also prep and we'll come up with some sort of, you know, real um, sort of contract here. Uh, and it obviously ends with this fantastic line by Gina as they leave. Sean, Quinton, scumbag. <laughs> and then just leaves. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's setting it all up. Again, it's just, it is very rushed. Again, as I'll say, I think they probably could have spread this out a couple of episodes. But, you know, it's it's still kind of, as I've always said about this season, I, I kind of like this storyline, what they do here, despite the fact it really goes nowhere. I like the kind of Dragon's Den feel to this, you know, like yeah. it, it, this kind of funny thing where it's like, you know, I will not be investing in your project. Um, <laughs> but And, and I, I do think that they kind of, I'm not sure what they were going for, if they were going to make Julia feel sympathetic or Sean. And um, I think they, the, the script writers needed to make a call because what ends up happening is that they, they kind of try and split the difference. And so you don't, you, you don't feel like Sean's been an asshole. Um, but you also don't feel like Julia. So, I mean, I walk out of this feeling like Julia's a bitch. You know, that's kind of my feeling is that Sean's been, as you say, quite logical and saying, hey, look, we're not in a you know, position to do this. Um, and, you know, you, you don't have the greatest experience here. So why would we invest in this? And um, I don't think it's done with enough conviction that you feel like he's the dick in the situation. So it ends up Julia coming out looking like the bitch. Um, and I'm not sure that that's really what, what they were going for in this scene. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree with it because I think as well at the end of the day, it's like um, it's it's kind of going back to what we were saying last episode or whenever it was about how what what are they doing with Sean and Christian, uh, Sean and Julia here? Because it's kind of like it's almost like they're enemies here all of a sudden again, isn't it? It's kind of two episodes ago. Sorry, it's kind of like you know they're against each other. This is happening with or without you. You know, it's kind of like well, okay, like why do we need sort of un you know forced conflict here between the two? So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think kind of Julia does come out that way. But I, I think it's kind of, it's 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 turned around in in this sort of upcoming scene when Julia kind of has that line about, you know, oh, you know, it's, strong, it's hard enough for us women to be professional, you know, without us, you know, being this way in every way. So it's obviously, it's done in a way, I think, where they're trying to get Julia independent and out there and professional. The one thing I will say, like saying about how this goes nowhere, I do wish they had have made this into a, a bit more of a thing, um, sort of leading into season four, because I mean, really, post season three, this just is nowhere. I think there's a throwaway line in season four that they mention about what happens with this. So I mean, this is kind of a season three 
start a story arc that goes nowhere essentially yeah i think so i mean um my memory of it isn't isn't that it's a huge big deal so um i assume that that that's probably true um that it's not something that you know that runs the length of the storyline really yeah so we we're back to um frank and laura or all these other victims they've got some weird creepy music as they're doing this surgery and it's kind of like it's not full-on disgusting we're seeing worse things in surgery scene but i guess it's kind of a bit cringy in the fact that we're seeing like them ripping limbs off and kind of like the the you know the great sort of effects that they do here make you believe these really are bodies but this is when like we and like clearly we know they're really probably only doing this because it's a tv show the fact that they're covering up like the vagina and the boobs like in real life they're not really doing that um <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but like i just love the fact you see you just sort of see christian staring at one of the vaginas and you're thinking what's he doing then he gets like what like forceps or whatever and pulls out this like i don't even know what that is like <laughs> sean's like what is that a sex toy well it's uh not a spring tie roll or whatever he says uh tie spring roll <laughs> so, like, it's like this is kind of where we're crossing this line even more now not just dead bodies and some guys ripping limbs and making up another body he's having sex with this person as well uh and yeah. you think that's the worst part it even gets creepier coming up soon yeah but um, yeah. I just kind of like this sort of scene, though, that when, like, Sean's like, you know, why doesn't this bother you? I see people here. And he's just kind of like, you know, eh, they're just, you know, their soul or whatever it is has already left. This is just rotting flesh. Um, So, you know, it's kind of, again, the differences between the two. Sean's seeing the, the people here, but Christian's not. So, um, and then we obviously get, this is where this kind of turns criminal minds again. Isn't it interesting how, like, sort of three episodes in a row here, this show is kind of trying to turn itself into a cop show. And let's be honest, it's going to continue for a few more episodes with what Sean gets up to. Um, yeah. We kind of get uh, the, the the mortician guy, like, Yes, uh, Silas is going to talk and reveal the uh, identity to the of the head, but only to one of you two. Uh, oh we, yeah, we get that love. I do the one bit I do like about this scene though is the way Sean kind of looks at Christian, and Christian's just like, uh, uh-uh, not me. <laughs> like just the yeah, way yeah, he has yeah. that shake of yeah. his head. Um, yeah. But like, it's like like as much as this scene's kind of interesting because it's meant to be shocking because we're finding out that here he's like fucking these dead bodies. It's still kind of like. This week on Criminal Minds, he'll only reveal it to one of the doctors. Um, it's yeah. like, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really good. And I, you're right, I love that bit where she's, um, when um, Christian's doing the, the kind of head shake, that is really funny. <laughs> Just the look on his face. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had anything else to add really here before we kind of get to this weird montage of the hotel being built. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, no, I don't really have anything to add. I, I think this montage is terrible. Um, you know, like, I've I got a couple of questions about it, and the first is kind of like a, a just a really stupid one, which is why do we have this, this scene where they're kind of like, you know, building and painting, and, and, um, and Julia has to wear a do-rag to do it? Like, why? <laughs> why? I don't understand why we have to do that. It's all a bit weird to me. Um, but the second one, it's, the second one is like, it's like I don't have a huge amount of um, knowledge on HIV and, and AIDS and things like that, but it's, it's possible for it to be shared with through oral sex, right? That, that's a thing, yeah? Uh, look, I think HIV and AIDS is a blood-to-blood disease. Uh, I know you can get sexually transmitted diseases, infections via oral sex, a friend told me, um, but <laughs> I, I don't know about... 
I, yeah, I, I think HIV AIDS, from what I know, is it's blood to blood. So I think kind of, yeah, I'm not 100% on that. But, yeah, it's, it is kind of a bit interesting. I mean, Julie does bring it up, doesn't she, when she says it? Well, um, yeah. Well, we're, go- we're going back to your, your comment before about blowies and the portaloos is that, um, <laughs> you, you know, like if, if, you, if you'd been the recipient of a blowie and a portaloo um, and you found out that, that that person had HIV, you probably wouldn't be hugely happy about that. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, of course not. But, like, the, uh, yeah, I'm with you. This is like a... It's, it's a weird montage. And this is kind of, again, going on to, like, the force bit of this being so rushed. Is that we're already at the building phase? Like, holy crap, how quick do they get loans in Miami? And, like, these things cleared and, you know, council permits. And, you know, you work for the council. If there's building a new hotel in uh, Hamilton, are they building this within a day of finding out about this? Like, I'm sure there's a process involved here. Like, um, you know, working for the media, learning about all these, like, hotel plans that come to Hobart. You know, and things like that, how long (laughs) it takes. So, um, I mean, this is, again, the timeline of this. Like, how long is this spread over? So Yeah, exactly. But this, like, I mean, the song here, it's a weird song. It's uh, the brand new heavies with how we do this. The the redeeming things that I just kind of think is slightly funny here, though, is the fact that we've got... um, creepily fat guy with glasses and that scene when he raises his eyebrows and he's all like, yeah. And then, like, we get the woman coming out of the portaloo who is credited, and I'm not making this up, she's officially credited on IMDb, even though she's uncredited on the episode, as Butch Construction Worker. Uh, (laughs) Mary McNeil. Um, But, like... The thing is here, like, why? how does Julia not know this is going on? We see that Jean is literally doing this to at least six, seven people. Um, You know, I'm sure, like, she's got to have an inkling of why is Gina always going to the bathroom? Where is she? Like, what's she doing? Um, And then we kind of, this leads to creepy, pervy guy wanting the hot lunch. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Like, oh my god, I'm I'm not even a woman here, and I want to ha- put hashtag me too. Like, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. And then even when he's like, I can't give you the discount. Uh, I'm like, fuck you, random guy. Like, what an asshole. Um. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's an interesting scene, but like, yeah, I don't really know what to think about this sequence. Yeah, it's just, it's really weird, and it's really long and drawn out as well. That's the thing. It's not like this this kind of quick scene. Um, you know, like, this whole big thing, it seems to revolve around, around Gina giving out sexual favours to help build this this spa. It is just so weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't really know what to say. Yeah. But it does lead into this, like, I think this is a really good scene, just because I'm a big fan of uh, Raphael Sabage, the actor here, who plays Silas Prime. This is really criminal minds territory here. So, uh, you know, in comes uh, Sean, into, it's almost like a Hannibal scene, you know, creepy Silas here. Did the warden give you any, uh, you know, pain? I find him quite unconcerning, or whatever he says. Um, a bit moody, that's what he says. And then he was like... Perhaps I could call you Sean. And it's like, no, it's Dr. McNamara. You're right. You've earned that title. Like, he's just... I just really love him. I love this actor. He's so good, uh, Raphael. 
Um, he's been in lots and lots and lots of things. I mean, looking at his IMDb profile, I think I know him best, I guess, from 24. But, um, you know, he was in Dexter. He was in Independence Day. Apparently, he's in The Young and the Restless. Prison Break, if you watch that. Um, yeah, he's been in lots of things. But uh, just kind of this creepy scene here where we're kind of, you know, finding out a little bit more about him and he's sort of... Um, talking about how he needs his help. I need you to save the head. I'm only 38. I'll be out in five to ten years. I'm still a young man. Um, and then he's kind of obviously, like, talking about, you know, oh, what did you think of that? And, like, Sean's like, well, I found it quite crude. And he's like, well, I only had the most basic tools. Just so creepy. And then we find out, you know, he loves this woman. Oh, isn't that sweet? You know, save the head, you know, cryogenically freeze it, all this sort of stuff. Um... And then sort of Sean's like, you know, will you will you tell me who the head is um, if uh, I, you know, help you out here? Um, and, uh, yeah, he sort of... Well, he doesn't necessarily agree, but he kind of just has a look on his face. To which we get, her name is Laura. She's my sister. Yep, you didn't think this could get any creepier, folks. This guy's fucking this dead body. He's a necrophiliac. He's an incest necrophiliac. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is It is pretty weird. The, the one thing I do like about this is I always think um, it just reminds me of Seven in a, in, you know, mm. in a more creepy way. But I do love, like, you know, you get that, that scene where Sean kind of walks into the building site with that box and it's like, oh, no, he doesn't have the head in the <laughs> yeah. box, does he? What's in the box? <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that was probably about my only thoughts about the whole thing is that, yes, it is super creepy. Um, it's, just, it's just one of those things that, you know, you can only get away with on, um, you know, um, something like Nip Tuck, really. And let, let's, can we just be honest here about the, the whole incest storylines in Nip Tuck? We already had it last season. We've got it this season. It's coming again, folks. There's more incest to come in Nip Tuck. So, like, yes. if you're Tasmanian, you fucking love... Maybe this is why I love this show. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> incest is such a big deal. Oh, us Tasmanians, us incestuous freaks. Um, but, like, go through the list of your classic taboo, necrophilia, incest. We haven't had bestiality yet. Wait, there's going to come at one point, folks. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like... If there's, if, there's, if there's something dirty and dodgy, you're going to find it on NipTuck at some point, you know. Oh. We've, still got, we've still got 61 more episodes or something to talk about, so it, it's definitely come. <laughs> just, just this episode, it's just literally this is about an incest necrophiliac. Like, really, Ryan Murphy? You, you, oh, God. Um, then we just get the Julia Gina scene. This is kind of like the one I was talking about before, about how, you know, it's hard enough for women in a professional world. It cheapens us, you know. Uh, you know, I, I hired you because you're good at getting your way, not because you're good at getting a man to sleep with you. Um, and, you know, this is kind of your, the reference there to, like, are you being protected, you know, HIV positive and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know what to think about this scene. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's, it's still kind of, it's a scene you know was going to come, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it, it is just one of those things where you kind of have to, because I think the questions I was asking before have to be answered, otherwise it's a little bit irresponsible, you know, you can, this this could kind of go in a really bad way if you kind of don't address those issues, I guess. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I really like this. Um, the thing I, I kind of don't like about the scene is, yeah, kind of how Julia reacts to Sean. I mean, Sean's just trying to yeah. be a nice guy and apologise and things like that, and 
I still think that the whole thing of this episode is you're supposed to feel like you connect with Julia and she's empowered and, and it, oh, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I just this is what kind of like this scene here where like it's kind of again not understanding what they're doing with Sean and Julia because here we get the scene, yeah, where like Sean's kind of there with the box and all this sort of stuff and then just that line that Julia says like, you're a parent to Matt and Annie, nothing more. It's like, wow, Julia, dick Julia moment. Like, where's this yeah. come from? Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, and because, like, he's there, like, as he said, apologizing, kind of saying, like, well, look, you know, it's not that I'm against what you're doing. We just don't have the money to invest right now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting. But we obviously then get to Liz leaving, um, and we find out that, well, no, we want you to stay because we've got the money back because we took that job, uh, the, the morgue. But, um, she's off to, uh, join Delamere. Uh, Liz is going off to join Gina and, and Julia, the, the merry trio of Liz, Gina and Julia, the trio you never knew you wanted to see. Uh, we're going to get them for a few episodes and you, there'll be one more joining them soon. They'll be going to have a nice quadrangle going on soon. But we learn here that Liz is a GP. Did we know that Liz is a GP at this point? I didn't know that. No, I don't think we did. I think it's one of those things where it's kind of been implied the whole time that she's, you know, not an, well, she's an anesthesiologist, but she has ambitions to do other stuff. And whether or not that's just because we've seen, you know, I think of that, that Julia episode, I kind of think of it as being, you know, in that she's the, you know, the whatever she is, the midwife or the gynecologist yeah. or whatever the hell she is. You know, she's, yeah, she's, you know, doing something different in that one. And I kind of wonder if maybe that's, you know, we kind of thought that she, uh, it feels bad for people who are anesthesiologists because it makes it sound like she's got higher ambitions. It seems like a pretty good ambition to me, but it, it always has kind of felt that way. And, I mean, we kind of get that line of her where she's like, I'm just sick of putting people to sleep. And, like, look, again, I kind of, through people I know who have gone into medicine, like, I, I know it's kind of like, you don't just go into medicine straight away. I want to be an anesthesiologist. Like, you go to med school, you kind of study, and then kind of you all end up in a certain thing. Like, there's not one person on this planet that I feel has ever woken up and gone, I want to be a urologist. You know, um, like, it's kind of not something that you go into it. I want to be a proctologist. Like, I want to work around assholes. Um, you know, you kind of just go into these industries once you do there. So I don't doubt that she clearly would have to have a certain level of medical training. And, uh, you know, I mean, anesthesiologists on paper, it just seems like oh, they just put people to sleep. But I'm sure, like, you know, there's a wide variety of training they need to do. And, like, I'm guessing a lot of these people go into that field because we know how much surgeons make. So I'm sure she gets paid quite comfortably for being an anesthesiologist. So, um yeah, it's just kind of interesting. And but this is the thing I will say about this though, when they, we find out that there's more about her, like it's it's kind of it's not forced like maybe we had a lot of stuff last episode. Uh whereas I feel like this time is around it's, it's believable that you kind of think Liz would be this. But um yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, so she's gone off to join Delamere. We get uh, dear old Mrs. Ogilvy from the nursing home. Can I just say, am I the only one here? I think she looks like an old lady Annie. Is that just me thinking that? I don't know. She yeah, resembles oh, Annie. I, yep, I can totally see that. Uh, maybe some kind of uh, time-travelling thing that's going on here, just so she can get more episodes. <laughs> We're just trying to plant Annie into every single episode. Um, she wants uh, surgery. I love, I love flirty Christian here. You know, you'll feel 25 years younger. Never feel guilty about being beautiful. Um, you know, I just kind of like how we got flirty Christian with an old lady here. Um, and obviously they're struggling for business, so they need... Sean, this is the point where he's sort of been doing this an episode ago, Granville Trap, but he's kind of, you know, talking about the, you know, this won't work, you're just too old. Um, but then we get this surgery scene where he's struggling with doing the face fuel, 
uh, the facelift because, you know, her skin is just too thin and just can't do it. She's too old. Then we get random Christian and Sean fighting over surgery scene, which, like, the thing that I find weird about this, we get the random cut to the anesthesiologist, who's not Liz, it's some random guy. Nurse Linda's there. We haven't seen Nurse Linda in a while. Uh, and they just have this full-on Barney in the middle of the, the surgical room. This goes back to your point a few episodes ago about you're a bit worried about, the, you know, the hygiene here. He just takes off his mask and walks out. Like, you know, surely they can sew her up first and then have this conversation in the lunchroom. You know, we've got, like, anesthesiologist, I don't know, John and Nurse Linda who are there still while they're still having a big old fight. And this is basically where uh, Sean quits. He puts his tools down, takes his mask off. Quinn's an excellent surgeon. Um, and then he goes off about the fact that, uh, you know, Silas was screwing his sister, keep his head. Um, and he's like, we, I mean, it's a strong acted scene here. He's saying about how he's got to repair his life. Um, and for the first time in his life, he doesn't know what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, he's kind of there. The fact that he's fighting the inevitable that everything's gone in his life. I have to say from a personal standpoint, I feel so much for short in this scene because, Without getting too personal, I'm kind of in Sean's position right now. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, for the first time in my life, I don't know what the hell to do. Everything's here, there, and everywhere, so this is an opportunity. Difference is, I'm not going to go join the FBI in an episode or so, which we're going to get to, but, um, yeah. And then we kind of, we close out the episode uh, with some creepy music. We've got creepy Silas laying on his bed, smiling, imagining him cutting up his sister and having sex with her, while we cut between Sean burning the head. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like, I like kind of how they edit the last scene together, kind of like, as we talked about last episode or the episode before, classic sort of nip-tuck, sort of alternating between sort of two things there. But I don't know, I just, I'm not taking away from this Sean and Christian scene. I just think it's in the wrong setting, in the middle of a surgery. Like, come on, have this in a lunchroom or something. Yeah, I, I kind of don't buy the whole, I don't know what to do with my life thing. It's kind of like, well... You don't know what to do with your life because you've got no business. You know, like if you if, if it hadn't been for this thing where you're not getting any any customers, then you wouldn't care. Um, so I, I kind of yeah, I'm, I just don't really buy it. It's just one of those scenes that I just don't really connect with. Um, you know, I, I I like all the words that are kind of coming out of his mouth. I think they're interesting, but I just they just don't really connect for me. I've got to say. I, I don't agree with that because I, I feel that it's it's a build-up of everything. I think kind of this is what we've built up with Sean. Like, yeah, definitely the business is part of it, but, you know, with what happens with Matt and we kind of get this, you know, scene with Julie where he's basically just said, you're nothing more than a father to our children and kind of, you know, he's, he's really questioning things now, the fact that he's dealt with this guy. He's basically just like fucking his dead sister kind of just as a you know a fucked up thing so i just kind of think it's a it's a build-up of everything that's happened in sean's life to this point and he's finally cracked this is sean cracking and not knowing what to do and kind of we saw a bit of sean cracking earlier on you know last season and even in season one we had some sean cracking moments but this to me is sean cracking for good he just does not know what the fuck to do so that that's where i get it from i think it's just an ultimate build-up of everything and it's just kind of it's now it's the last straw for sean yeah, and I guess probably, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, last episode that this whole thing with, with Christian, you kind of don't get any payback with, with Christian being pissed off at Sean for, yeah. for you know, and, and I guess that for me, it, it's it's the wrong character that's getting pissed off. It should be it should be Christian who's pissed off, not Sean. Um, but I guess I, I do see what you're saying, that, you know, that it, it's more than what happened last episode. It's kind of, there's two or three episodes worth of stuff here that's kind of collected into, into the story. Um, kind of, you know, coming to a head here, I guess. Um, and I do really like the scene at the end where, you know, you've kind of got the 
you know, Silas kind of sewing the head on. You've got um, um, Sean taking it off in a really weird way. You know, there's something just really quite weird about seeing him kind of disconnect this head from this this torso. It is really quite quite bizarre to watch. One thing I will say with sort of like what you're saying about Christian is that um, we get an amazing episode this season where kind of Christian, he kind of, he's lost it completely. Like in terms of, I can't really go into too much detail with what happens and the reason why. But um, yeah, there's just an episode where Christian is just, you think Christian's been a dick before. Uh, You know the episode, I think you talk about it with one aspect of that episode, but just... Yeah, um, yeah, I know know what you're talking about, yeah. I just love that episode. I just love the way, like, you shouldn't love Christian in that episode because he's a massive turd. But, like, just the way... good in terms of how it's played. But anyway, we're still a few episodes away from that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Frank and Laura. Uh, any more th- anything more to add on that before we get into our evil review section and, and give us a rating for this one? Well, I think probably before we kind of get into ratings, I'd say that whether or not you like this episode is really down to, I, I ultimately think whether or not you connect with the Julia story and, and the Julia character in this, in this episode and, and overall in the whole story. I think if you're... Uh, if you're a bit take it or leave it with Julia, then there's not a lot else happening in this episode. And while I like the, the Frank and Laura stuff and the Silas stuff, I think that the stuff with Julia is really the, the important stuff because that's setting up stuff that's going to happen for the you know the next few episodes at least and probably the rest of the season. So I think that's the important aspect of this one. So when we're talking about, well, I know for me anyway, when we're talking about where we're, we're ranking the show, that's definitely the one I'm thinking about is that story in particular. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a good point you make. So, uh, on that note, give us a rating. What are you doing with this one? Are you buying it? Are you renting it? Or are you binning it? Well, I mean, it's, um, it's probably been a long time coming, but this is my first bin. I mean, oh wow, me, this is, this is, I don't enjoy this because I, I just don't really like the Julia character. I mean, you know, I was probably tipping my hand with what I just said there, but you know, to me, I just, I, it, it comes out of nowhere. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, I just, I, I just don't really get where she's coming from, and I don't think that it's well acted. Um, yeah, just none of it really connects with me, and it just all feels, it, it just feels like it just doesn't need to be here. Um, you, we're setting up a story that that is just not very interesting, I think. Um, and yeah, so for me, it, it just doesn't. Nothing in this episode really works for me, um, and I think you, you're not going to look back on this episode at the end and go, "Well, I'm really glad I watched that one because it was an important episode." I think it's just, yeah, it, it sets up a boring story basically. You you agree with the uh, the INDB users and put it in the bottom ten? Uh, interesting. I wasn't expecting you to go that route there, Nick. So uh... yeah, no, I, I I do, and I mean, I. It, 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 it's yeah it's i thought long and hard about it because i mean obviously your first bin you're kind of you're putting a mark in the sand because now everything is going to be weighed against this one um for me personally anyway but yeah i mean in the end it it just didn't there wasn't anything i really connected with in this episode and i thought if it doesn't have that stuff and it's very julia centric and she's to me the least interesting main character so for me it was an easy one to bin in the end Interesting. Well, uh, I'm not going to bin it, but I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to rent this one. Um, you know, I, I enjoy this episode, aspects of it, as I said. I mean, I think kind of, as I said at the end of last episode, this is a much better episode than the last one, uh, in my opinion anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still kind of, there's definitely some issues with it. Again, it's it's a very much a, a season three episode that it's kind of, it's all over the spot. 
Um, and it's kind of interesting because I think we're really hitting this mark of season three where this is what this season summarizes to me. You know, I think we kind of, we started this season off, you know, uh, at least I had three buys in a row. You had two out of three buys between two and four. So I kind of think that, you know, we, we, we looked like we were just kind of standard nip tuck. But, uh, you know, here we have, you and I have both binned at least the, one of us at least been the last two episodes and we're moving forward into some random storylines here. Um, you know, so we're all over the shop. So, uh, yeah, I'm renting Frank and Laura. Um, but yeah, I mean, that leads us in to the next episode. Uh, Ben White, good, good name at least. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, if you love storylines about people who want their legs amputated for no reason, otherwise than a psychological, um, condition, if you like, um, you know, people producing face cream with cum in it, um, and if you also like Sean joining the FBI and the Witness Protection Program to buddy up with Anne Hayes and the most annoying kid that you will get in any TV show, uh, then the next episode's for you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not the worst episode of all time, but just, I do not like the Sean joins the Witness Protection storyline. I have nothing against Anne Hayes. I think Anne Hayes is a great actress. I like Anne Hayes. But it's just, uh, uh, yeah, we're talking about Criminal Mind-style storylines. Um, I mean, you know, I kind of like the funniness of the Delamere product that we get because, like, that will bring back later this uh, season one of our favourite guest stars. Um, and I kind of almost like this storyline in regards to the guy who wants his leg chopped off because he's got a condition, which is a, a true condition, apparently, I read about after I first watched this episode. So this is got, definitely, I'll say, another one of these episodes where kind of going into it, I might be sort of, you know, swayed a lot of the ways with it uh, in terms of my overall opinion of it. Because, yeah, again, we're really in this territory now of this season where... There's some just weird stuff going on with this season. It's very Mama Boon-esque, where you just don't know what to take out of these episodes. So I don't know if you've kind of got much memories of Ben White. Well, I think it's one of those things where, you know, the the, the couple of little storylines that we're going to get coming up with Sean and Christian, I think, um, the, the kind of thing that you either you buy them straight away, like in terms of you buy into them straight away, um, or you don't. And, you know, if you don't really buy into those storylines, then... There's not a lot here for you, unfortunately. You know, like it's going to be a rough ride over the next few episodes. Um, but if you can kind of get into what's happening with these two characters, then I think there's actually quite a lot of fun to be had here. So um, I think probably the thing that is really surprising me is that, and, and you know, I, sh- I shouldn't surprise me, but, you know, after last season, I thought the second half of, of season two was going to be very carver heavy. Um, and, you know, I thought that this season, this whole season was going to be very carver heavy, but. You know, we've we've had a couple of episodes where it's carver heavy, and I think that's about to kind of really take a back seat for quite a few episodes now. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It definitely does. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about kind of like Matt sort of episodes and carver stuff and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, look, I I can't even remember the specific episode that uh, Rodimitra even comes back into it. We've just had her attacked, so you know, there's um, it's just kind of this is where this season is just. It's a strange one. It's all over the sh- all over the shop, and this is why. Like again, when we ultimately get to next season, I'm as much as I'm kind of being a bit blasé about how this season goes because we've still got some great episodes this season. We've got some terrible episodes this season to come as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to be defending next season a whole lot more, and I'll probably defend season five a whole lot more as well because I think season five is kind of often the season which is like, oh, this is where it went to a point where it just cannot come back from. But um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to at least going over some of this stuff and talking about it. And as uh, we always say, we're looking forward to hearing any feedback you guys want to give us uh, in terms of comments. If you've got any questions, viewpoints on any of what we're uh, going along here. Uh, if you ever received a blowjob from somebody with AIDS in a portaloo and perhaps didn't contract the virus, <laughs> let us know. Um, or maybe you did. I don't know. Um, but... <laughs> It's a weird request. Very specific requests here on the Oz Network. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Uh, you can also obviously subscribe on iTunes, in, uh, just said Instagram, sorry, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and leave us some reviews. We'd appreciate hearing the feedback along the way. And we appreciate your support. It's great uh, having you guys listening to these shows, and uh, we hope you're enjoying it as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. Uh, my name is Ben, and I'm currently the fat guy with glasses doing that weird, creepy eyebrows moving up and down right now. <laughs> and um, I'm Nick, and um, she was my sister. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.